0: Okay, Groover's Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 154, I think. Check. Checking. Yes. Uh, Episode 154, this is Adam Piggott coming to you from Saudi Arabia. Temperature, pretty warm. Uh, Yesterday in my vehicle, as I was driving along, it told me that the temperature was 51 degrees. Uh, let's see what that is in Fahrenheit I haven't checked that out so Celsius to Fahrenheit let's plug in fifty one. What do we get? one hundred and twenty three point eight. yep that's what it said yesterday and I believed it. Um it's warm <laughs> it's warm it's. Been a warm week Um, and um, it's strange how you can acclimatize to it Um, obviously I grew up in Perth in Western Australia but the hottest summer I ever grew up with in Western Australia as in sheer temperature was probably about I think 44 degrees centigrade was probably about the the official highest Um, I did pretty close to 50-out bush in the desert um, when I was doing um, exploration mining about 10 years ago, Um, but this constant uh, oven heat that we're getting here in Saudi Arabia is something that you really have to experience. Uh, It it drops down to about 30 degrees centigrade at night, which, yeah, it's not that cool, and this is only the beginning of summer, so this is the beginning of June. Apparently, July is when it's really intense. So yeah, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. So you know, here I am talking about the weather on podcast. I bet you're all absolutely fascinated by that. Um, what's going on with this one? Well, I wanted to. I didn't really want to talk about this, but I'm going to. So I put a piece up a couple of days ago um, about the changing nature of uh, military operations, how we're going through a one, one in a hundred year uh, shift um, and how Russia is driving that and that it's up to the rest of the world to play catch up. And that the longer the rest of the world plays catch up, the bigger the advantage that Russia will have. Um, and one paragraph of that was a reference to battleships back in the Second World War and how they were, well, they basically reached their end by date, used by date by about early 1942, uh, with the sinking of the HMS Repulse and Prince of Wales here off the Malaysian coast by Japanese aircraft. Uh, That was achieved because the aircraft carrier that was supposed... I think it was HMS Victory that was supposed to be with the two battleships wasn't able to for rather disastrous reasons um, of its own. So uh, they had no hair cover. They went out anyway um, to hit the Japanese troop transports. And that was it. Um, And, of course... The the battleships still existed in that war, but they didn't do anything of interest. They were basically... Well, the German battleships um, were held up in port by aircraft until they were systematically sunk. The Tirpitz, the Schroenhorst, however you pronounce that one, Prince Edgen... Um, Japanese ones, Yamamoto is the big one obviously and uh, what's the one, Sister Ship starts with M. M um, they got actually close to achieving something in the Battle of the Letta Gulf Gulf um, when they could have run amok in the American troop transports but um, a heroic attack by American destroyers I think some very light cruisers as well caused the japanese admiral to panic and turn around thinking that the force that he was encountering was far more powerful than it actually was and if that hadn't happened uh, the yamamoto and its rest of that fleet there would have basically destroyed the american fleet apart from that the only thing the battleships did was shell coastal fortifications as um yeah, floating artillery. That was it. That was all I did. Um, but it was just a paragraph in that piece as a throwaway. Um, but of course, it got picked up by Western Rifle Shooters. Thanks, guys. So my blog got hit pretty hard. Um, and that caused it to be picked up by good old Aesop over at Rack on Tour Report, who did his customary diatribe to respond to me which was all emotional rhetoric based around that one paragraph which wasn't the point of my piece it was just an example of what i was talking about and i actually use the battleship example to talk about where aircraft carriers are now um, aircraft carriers have been made redundant it's just that most of the world doesn't know it yet. Um, particularly that part of the world, the US and its allies, which have aircraft carriers. Um, considering they've built three new ones recently at a cost of, well, a lot. I think it was $15 billion each. I don't know. I don't know how much it was. A lot. Um, basically, the hypersonic missiles that Russia has... Can literally blow these things out of the water. There's, there's, there's nowhere safe for them to go, where they would make any difference, such as say the Arabian Gulf or anything like that. There's, there's no way they can they can go in. But what's going to happen is is that one of them is going to be sunk, five thousand crew members are going to perish, uh, and it's all going to be a big surprise to the West and to Western media in general. A big surprise. Ah. Oh. Who could have foreseen this happening? Who could have who could have predicted this? What a disaster. Well, I mean, a lot of people who are a lot better than me have been predicting this for a while. I've been saying it for a while. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Aesop over at Raconteur Report, who has for the last couple of years been genuinely unhinged and continually wrong on just about everything that he's chosen to take a stand upon the um best example of that and the most embarrassing for him example of that of obviously the whole covid scam where because he's an emergency nurse so first of all he's a male working in a female um industry uh, which is completely untrustworthy so he's a He's an emergency surgery nurse, whoopee. But apparently, because of that, he was qualified to speak on COVID and nobody else was. You understand? And that's, that's Aesop's um, uh, general um, means of engaging, which is to tell um, people who are putting forward arguments that he doesn't like to shut up that's how that's how Aesop engages so he wrote some rubbish attacking me um far as i'm concerned if Aesop is attacking you then you're doing okay you're the the belt, the, belt, the whole the weather vane's pointing in the right direction if Aesop is agreeing with me, then I'd start to get worried. But if he's attacking me, that's, 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 that's good. That's good. That's very good. That means, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, if I had had, had <laughs> any doubts, which I didn't, but if I had had any doubts, they were gone as soon as he did that. Um, I am of the opinion... And it's only an opinion, mind you, but I am of the opinion that Aesop is controlled opposition on this corner of the internet. I think he's a plant Um, by the powers that be. Um, That's my personal opinion. Uh, Because no one can be so consistently wrong. All the time. No one. And still retain some sort of audience and some sort of pushing power. Then again, I say retain some sort of audience. I mean, he linked to me and did a whole diatribe piece against me. And the amount of clicks that came through from that link were pretty small let me tell you Uh, we're talking less than a score and that's not much from someone who pertains to be a hard hitter but I personally think that he's controlled opposition designed to distract deflect confuse and muddy the waters that's that's personally what I think I think it's uh, that's exactly what he is uh, can I prove that? No. Am I interested in proving that? No. It's just my personal opinion. That's what I think. Could be wrong. But uh, I just look at... I just look at what's the what's the motivation for him to be so stridently and aggressively incorrect all the time. I, he's either the most stupid individual on this side of the internet, which is... Um, no, it's fairly possible, um, or it's, it's it's just it's just a plant. He's just controlled opposition, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. I, I like to know where they all are. I know what I know what they, I like. I like to know where they all are. I tell you what, there's a lot of um, alphabet agency dudes running around here in Saudi Arabia. I'm pretty sure I've bumped into, and when I say bumped into you never bump into one of these guys accidentally uh, at least two possibly three since I've been down here that I could tell the way that um, the way that I identify them actually probably maybe that's not a good idea for me to say how I identify them um, yeah then they'll change the way that, yeah. All right, I won't say that, um, but it's uh, I've got a pretty good antenna for it. I tell you what, some of the ones that I've done in the, the past have been hilarious. So occasionally I will get emails to the um, email account which I list on my blog as being on my contact page. But that is my original email address going back to the mid-90s. Um, and I don't use that for basically anything now except for the blog as in if you want to contact me all right? otherwise I have I have different email addresses now that I that I use um, it's very rare to, to drag that old one out um, occasionally I have in the past got people um, contacted me now it's always Australians okay so we're talking ASIO, Australian Security. What does ASIO stand for? Something, organisation, intelligence, Australian Security Intelligence Organisation. Is that what it is? Oh, I don't know. Um, but it's one of those alphabet soup agencies, anyway. Um, and the funniest one I've ever had from them was this guy who contacted me. Um, I mean, let me see let me see I still got the email because um, these are just these are just hilarious these are absolutely absolutely hilarious um, all right it's gonna have to go I mean we're going back last year but I don't I don't have very um, very um, um, okay let's have a look um, what have we got um here's something funny about um, um people contacting me. I get people contacting me a lot about um They've read my book and they get the point where I had ulcerative colitis and I fixed it. Um, um, and they'll they'll contact me. Maybe they have something like Crohn's disease or something similar. And they will um, they will say you know blah 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 blah. Could you um, could you per- perhaps give me some? This is what I've done blah blah blah. Anyway, I always. Um, I always help them out um, um I always help them out as and I give as much information as I possibly can so i'll write them a decent email um covering as many bases as I can for them um and that'll take me a good twenty twenty five minutes of my life and I do that, and i'll never hear from them again i'll never hear from them um Which is, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's, um, I think that's, um, I think that's a bit, that's a bit, whatever. Anyway, uh, another one I get from people is help on migrating to Europe. I get that one a lot. And that one, it's just like, well, dude, you know, You go to Europe, don't you? And you're going to have to deal with immigration lawyers and stuff because it's all so complex now. Why do they ask me these things? Anyway. Um, Anyway, so listen, I'm trying to find this spook that contacted me. Um, And it's a definite spook. Um... And he was—I oh, can't find where it is. He was from Melbourne, basically. That's what he said. Um, and he wanted my advice because um, he's living—he's living in Melbourne and working um, and working. Well, this might be it. Uh, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. got it okay so this guy wrote me a long email here we go um saying that you know he wants to get into the whole he's he's getting red-pilled and christianity and all that sort of stuff um and uh he was working in a um a government agency, a, a government, some Australian government agency that was basically right in the middle of the whole leftist woke bullshit. So he basically sent me this long email about red pill journey, Christianity, dropped names like Roosh and Vox and um, that sort of people, um, and basically. He wanted to have a personal conversation with me. Okay. Um, so I, I contacted him back and I was very suspect on this one. But I was not suspect in my responses. I was straight, wasn't calling him bullshit on any of it, but I was very suspect on this one because. The crafting of the email, it just looked like someone who wanted to contact me from an alphabet soup agency had picked all the things uh, out that they thought would be um, making genuine, making the real deal coming to me. Yeah? Um, and there was also a lot of flattery going on, a lot of flattery, um, but not... But not sucking up. I think the, the, uh, I I come seeking your wise counsel. Would appreciate a conversation with a trusted elder. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm -hmm. So, anyway. um, Gets hold of me. We have a chat and I think I spoke to him for about half an hour or something, it was on Skype. First interesting thing was I don't have a camera on the laptop that I was using at that point. So obviously it was, was, for me it was audio only. Um, And um, he got a bit upset with this. I said well I don't have a camera okay fine but he had his camera on so I could check him out Um, and we were talking about his personal circumstances where it was working blah 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 blah. and I was basically telling him look man I I really think you need to get the hell out of Melbourne yeah I think uh, I think based on what you're telling me you're living in the middle of the of the whole shebang The funny part was when he moved the conversation to the Jews. <laughs> it's just like it's just like a dead giveaway. It's just like a dead giveaway. So, and it was done so um, ineptly, so clumsily. clumsily. Uh, it was, it was really, really, really obvious. It was, it was something along the lines of. Well, what about all those jews then is they're always the ones behind everything right they must be the most evil people in the world and i could literally feel him pressing the record button as he was doing it it was just so pathetically obvious so i had a lot of internal laughing at this one and and it was just like okay man but didn't want to stop at that point. So it's was like, all I said was the standard line. Oh, you know, I'm always a little bit, bit suspicious of those who I'm, I'm not allowed to, to criticise. That's it. I wouldn't engage in any level, in any way there at all. Any way at all, okay? So, um, finish it. I sent him a follow-up email with some other points to think about. And then I got the standard boilerplate. Yeah, thank you very much, blah, blah, blah. I'll get back to you, blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, Which was obviously nothing at all. Um, That one to me screamed Alphabet Alphabet Soup Agency. Absolutely screamed it. Um, Why? Why? Why would... Do they contact me? Why are they out fishing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. I really don't care. Um, but um, I, I knew an alphabet soup agency guy in the Netherlands. Whether or not he knew that I knew he was alphabet soup agency was, uh, was another story. But down here in Saudi, like I said, they really do seem to be thick on the ground. They really do seem to be um, quite a number of them around Um, and they're basically um, obviously out here in expat roles um, and probably genuinely working in those expat roles as far as I know Um, but they're normally pretty soft roles where you can coast a little bit and you get a lot of the local guys to support you or do most of your work or Or blow ins like Indians or Filipinos to do most of your work, that sort of thing, leaving you up a lot of free time to play your nefarious games. Um, Like I said, two definites, two 100% definites, and one maybe. All right, how do I know? How do I know? How do I know? Tell you one way. Tell you one way. They take an inordinate interest in you and want to be your best buddy from nowhere absolutely nowhere at all and it's just not natural it's not how anglos in particular and these are anglo guys it's not how anglos in particular operate um that's one way another way is is that one is a one is a clown um in the way that he acts and dresses and has been out here a long time um that with a whole bunch of other um Giveaways just screamed Alphabet Soup Agency to me. Um, so I just I just avoid I just avoid the whole thing. Um, but they're definitely down here and they're definitely thick on the ground. Um, of course, Saudi Arabia that's an important player in the world right now, um, particularly with what's going on resource-wise. What I've wondered is, okay, so. America the u.s. Tried to Okay, so the the u.s. Tried to um, Basically destroy Russia Economically and they started off doing that by seizing uh, the Russian reserves of us uh, and euro currency in uh, in the u.s. And Europe and um, and funnily enough, they did that without bothering to consult either the Federal Reserve or the um, European Central Bank, who probably would have said to them that this might not be a good idea. This forced Russia to get their own monetary system. Um, it fast-tracked what they were already doing. Um, they're off swift. They've got their own thing going. They've pegged... Uh, the ruble, um, to the price of gold, um, which is like a, a pricing flaw. Uh, and they did that by by promising to buy gold at a fixed rate. And now Russia is gonna sell its gas only for rubles. Yeah, It's been, it's been hilarious watching the U- Europeans in particular. Obviously I follow the Netherlands uh, and Italy closely because I've lived in both of those countries for a, a decent period of time. So I have personal investment and I also understand the Dutch and the Italian mentalities uh, fairly well. Um, But watching the Dutch in particular do backflips when their main gas provider basically said about two weeks ago that it wouldn't do business with Gazprom and the way it was being reported by the Dutch media and the Dutch politicians as in, isn't it outrageous that the Russians expect us to pay for this in rubles? even though at that point in time and still now they had frozen Russian uh, EU currency. So they were expecting Russia to continue to accept frozen EU currency as payment for gas, which basically means that the EU would have been stealing the gas from Russia in their face. And then the Dutch get all upset when the Russians don't play ball for them to openly steal from it. I, I just, wh- what what planet are these people on? I, um, I think the really sad thing is how illiterate the general population is and they just go, nod their heads and go, yeah, those Russians are really bad, yeah. What? What? Wow. Um, I tell you what, I saw some footage yesterday of Russian military convoy coming back into russia after a deployment down in eastern ukraine and as they're coming in in their trucks on a highway the highway's packed with russian civilians throwing flowers and waving and cheering and the the trucks are honking and i just thought isn't that nice that a um that a a european nation russia russia is a european nation a European nation has pride in its military and in itself, isn't that isn't that refreshing? Isn't that so nice? I thought that was really refreshing. Anyway, commodities. Back to commodities. So, um, basically, no one trusts the U.S. dollar anymore, especially the U.S. <laughs> um, because it's it's. It's been, it's been exposed by the ineptitude of the Biden administration in real time about how, how untrustworthy the dollar is and how little it's worth. Um, so commodities are going to become um, the best store of value around the world, as far as I can tell. Um, it's definitely not going to be US dollars or EU... Um, Whatever they are, EU dollars—is it a new dollar? No oh idea. Um, it's going to be commodities. So, of course, Saudi Arabia has a lot of uh, those natural resources, oil and gas. I mean, so much of it, it's—it's it's not really—it's not really funny. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a big player down here, and of course, look where Saudi Arabia is. Located in a geopolitical sense I mean They are Straddling The continents Between Africa Eastern Europe Russia And far western Asia So Pakistan, Iran It's like It's all It all comes together In the Arabian Gulf The whole thing It's all like you could just do Saudi Arabia as a, as a circle and then draw lines directly out of it, maybe about a thousand kilometers and then and then do a big circle around that and just look what's there and it's in a geopolitical sense it's absolutely astounding and I never really got a sense of that before moving down here. But now when I look at a map of the world, obviously I'm located here at the moment. I see that and I think, wow, I mean, talk about being in an interesting place right now for um, the Middle East in general. Um, anyway, this is the question I want to ask. So resources are gonna become the commodities, sorry, Commodities are going to become a store of value in the world. Australia. Commodity-wise, it's got to be one of the richest countries in the world. It's got everything. Um, everything from gold to copper to coal to iron to oil to gas to rare earths, nickel, uranium. It's got it's got Everything. Absolutely everything. So on the one hand, this move away from paper-backed stores of value, which have no store of value, but to real like commodity store of value, you would think with something like Australia, and of course all the food that Australia can produce, um, the, the wheat crop in in Western Australia alone is staggering the size of it millions and millions and millions of tonnes of wheat on an annual basis. So you'd look at this, and on the one hand you'd be thinking, well, Australia is going to come out on top on this one. But then you look at the other side of the equation, which is that Australia has been politically tied to the US for 80 years, and Australia will not let go of that leg that it has been voluntarily humping for so long, very easily. You'd have to prize our dead fingers off that leg, I think, before uh, we'd have a chance of releasing. China sitting at the top, Indonesia just above it, India, all these countries which want resources, and here we are sitting down there with 20 odd million people, half of whom are blow-ins from overseas, including those two countries in particular. So they're all, they're all um, untrustworthy in that regard. Um, and just waiting for a moment where India or China or both at the same time would step in to, quote-unquote, protect their national citizens who are residing in Australia um, to get their hands on the resources. So America's going down. Australia's big protector is going down. The value of commodities is going to go sky high. Australia has all these commodities, but it doesn't have any protector anymore and will have no time to get its act together in a military sense. Poor. Um, uh, you guys tell me what you think because I look at that and I think not a good place to be. Not a good place to be at all. Um I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But if I look at it in an objective point of view, I don't see how I'm wrong. It just seems obvious that other nations are just kind of come in and take what they can get. That's it. And Australia might be able allowed to keep the bottom right-hand corner. Like Sydney, Melbourne, Tasmania, maybe. Maybe. Dunno. That's what it looks like to me. Um, so lots of interesting things going on at the moment, kiddies. Lots of interesting things. It'd be nice to have... Yeah. The problem with these podcasts is it's just a one-direction thing. I'm just saying there's no back and forth. And at the moment, I'd like to have a bit of back and forth on this because I'm not, not sure. Not sure. Well, maybe not sure is a good place to be. Other things I'm doing at the moment, I'm studying my Arabic. That's going along quite well. Next language. Um, I'm using um, study techniques, some additional study techniques, That I picked up from um, uh, Tony Lowe's series. Sorry, Tony Lowe's series on um, um, the Trivium, which he had on the Kurgans. He still has on the Kurgans um, uh, TV site. But that was basically the uh, Tony's uh, series on the Trivium. Was the most interesting one to me. Um, It's got disparate aspects to it. Um, let me see off the top of my head Uh, you've got uh, grammar Um, because he divides it's basically a a course on learning how to learn so it's got three um, like a triangle of principles you've got uh, I think it's grammar and then logic and then rhetoric Um, and he's looking at Uh, education from ancient times, Um, because if you look at, and it's a really, it's a really, yeah, it's a really interesting way of doing stuff because education is broken today. So we have to go, we have to now educate ourselves. You can't, you can't go to university now to be educated. And that's really sad. I think uh, I'm, I would have loved to have gone to university. Like, uh, Severian is another blogger on founding uh, questions. Uh, he used to be a university professor. Uh, based on my interactions with Sev and, and um, reading what he has to uh, say, I would have loved to have been a student in his, in his history classes. I would have just absolutely loved it. I, have, I was starving for that sort of education. But you can't get it these days. So you need to go and uh, approach it yourself. And that's why I like Tony's Trivium series. Um, And um, I think he's launched it on a standalone as well. i have to check that out. But anyway, um, I've been using this um, to help me a little bit with my Arabic. Now, I taught English when I lived in Italy, so I'm good at learning language. For me, the big problem is time and discipline. But... um, when I saw the Trivium on the Kurgan TV, I thought to myself, well, this is something that I need to see what I, the bits that I don't know. What, what are some of the last little bits I can put into the building block to help me along? Um, so I can achieve, achieve mastery in what I'm uh, trying to achieve mastery in at a given time. At the moment, it's Arabic. I think that's a good language to learn. My next language after Arabic that I would like to learn, of course, is Russian um for obvious reasons Um, but i need to get i need to try and get um arabic down my dutch is not that great i uh my time in the netherlands was a wasted opportunity language wise i i'm familiar with dutch but i didn't spend anywhere near amount of time i can i can have a conversation i can understand a lot when people are talking a lot more than they realize um but yeah, I, I missed an opportunity there to add another language quiver to, or arrow to my quiver. So that was, that was not great. But that's all right. You, you've, you've got to, you've no use crying over spilt milk. You just have to uh, say, okay, well, don't let that happen again. Use that as uh, motivation to not fall into the same trap. So yeah, learning Arabic, learning to write it as well and read it as well as speak it, which is important, I think. Because, all right, let's say, let's say, let's give it a word in Arabic like, okay, yesterday's bukra. Um, if I just try to learn a new word, it's going to take a while for it to stick in my head. But if I learn the word and how it's written in Arabic, I have to do extra effort, but it means that I can then... Get a mental image of the Arabic script for that word in my head, which then helps me to remember how to say it. So I'm getting greater depth of the learning. It's not a superficial memorization that I'm trying to seek out here, words, that sort of things. How do I say this? How do I say that? Blah, 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 blah. But I'm trying to get in and dig a, dig a bit deeper and that means it stays in your head and you can start to actually use it. So with all, um, for me, with all learning, you need to go down to your foundational part, your building block. And, and in language, that is grammar and how you write it. And so if you're learning a language like Arabic, you've got to learn how to write it as well. Funnily enough, not that hard looks a lot more difficult than it actually is. It's not that bad at all. Anyway, uh, that's the podcast for this week, you know. Uh, We'll call it the spook episode, or the alphabet soup agency episode. Um, And any thoughts on what I'm saying? Drop a line. Um, And shout out to Captain Capitalism. Um, I'm almost finished his latest book, which is based on... How You Can Survive Without uh, the Other Half in Current Society. I'm going to be honest, I'm not in agreement with a lot of this book. And it's because of uh, my belief in God and coming back to Catholicism. I think if I had read this book ten years ago, I would have been a lot more open to it than I am now. But... Where I am now, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as open to this one as I would have been in the past. I'm going to finish it and then I'll see if I review it. Not sure about that one. But Captain Capitalism, Aaron Clary, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Check him out. Check his books out. Check his podcasts and videos, asshole consulting, all that sort of thing. He's great. Um, and uh, check out my books: Pushing Rubber Downhill and Run Guts Pull Cones. Uh Um, I got the figures back for the books actually I sold I sold around since I've had it out just under 2,000 copies Um, I think that's pretty good for um, a uh, first time author self-published not getting any uh, help from anyone in industry sort of thing so thank you to everyone that purchased uh, my books, and I hope you enjoyed them. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you, if you like this, uh, follow me, follow my blog. You can, every time I write something, I'll, you'll get an email. Um, and I don't send spam mail. And, uh, yeah, guys, that's about it. So uh, thanks for listening, and um, I'll catch you on the flip side. Ciao.